Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Lucky had this in the news, but this uh, four-day work week experiment is really picking up steam. Has been for uh, some time now. There was just a massive um, a little research done on it. Uh, 61 companies participated, over 3,000 employees. And the interesting thing was the uh, companies could choose how they'd structure it, like giving an extra day off per week or reducing their work days in a year to an average, to average out about 32 hours a week. So it wasn't even 40 hours crammed into four days. The only requirement was that they could not uh, cut salaries or benefits. The workers would get 100% of their pay, and in exchange, they'd deliver 100% of their usual work, which, let's face it, most of the time is about 60 to 65%. Right. Um, it's been a resounding success for employees and employers. Um, and many of the employees who participated said no amount of money could convince them to go back to work in five days a week. We can barely get people to work now. Yeah. No amount of money, though? Nobody, really? Like, I, I, it's, it is absolutely shocking. How this whole, how COVID has changed and twisted so many things. Mm. You know, that I got to be with people as we whined and moaned about at the beginning. Now nobody wants to be anywhere. We just all still want to stay home. I think there's, it really exposed a work-life balance, right? Because there was a lot more life than work going on uh, in that sense. And, And people... In some senses, deservedly so, got a little selfish with their time. Mm. Said, ah, you know what? I'm going to do things differently. Uh, and it was a wake up call for many people who were perhaps overworking themselves, not necessarily just the company doing it. Yeah, but I, I, um, I, I sense from the things I've heard and read, most of the whining about too much work and the life work balance is coming from people who have barely been in the workforce. Don't disagree there. You know, there's many of us who have been at it for decades. Now, maybe we're just stuck in our ways, and so we just can't see how you could do anything other than five days a week and 40 hours plus a week. But when you get some 23-year-old complaining about their life work balance, I just want to give them a shake. Well, and I think the real problem that... You know, arose out of COVID, especially with CERB, was that it was being made too easy mm-hmm. to not have to work, right? And, and that still, in some cases, uh, in some senses, is the case where, uh, you know, especially what is considered an entry-level job, people just don't want to do. Right, right. Uh, the companies said their revenue stayed broadly the same and actually went up a bit compared with similar periods from previous years. They also dealt with less turnover, fewer sick days, less burnout, and were happy with the employees' performance. So much so, of the 61 companies, 56 said they continue the four-day work week. Um, Well, three companies said they're done with it and return to five, and the others are still kind of experimenting and figuring it all out. Now, obviously, there are some businesses, customer relation uh, you know, restaurants and and this type of thing, grocery stores that can't go to this. But I guess there's many, many offices, many warehouses, different businesses could could adopt the four day work week. I mean, I I would not argue against it. I think we should get it down to three <laughs> if we can. Well, and what I've seen and heard success with as well is to add hours in the winter months and subtract in the summer mm. right where you know add tack on a couple extra hours a week during the winter and then get a day off you know four day work week in the summer yeah, some have gone to that and people enjoy it because they have more 
time when they really want to spend that time. Yeah, and I mean, I know that there are many who will, uh, instead of taking full weeks off, will take like Fridays and Mondays mm-hmm. in the summer, which is fine. You can use up your holiday time however you wish. But for many who don't do that, you're just screwing with your coworkers. Right. Because every Monday and Friday you take off, lumps work onto them. <laughs> but you can do what you want to do in, with, uh, with your holiday time. So anyhow, this experiment uh, turned out to be a huge success. So we will see moving forward. I mean, most people are trying to stay home completely anyhow. So it, it really, at this stage, doesn't matter. It seems like how many days a week we work. You know, reading this story, the story we're about to share with you, has got an, uh, a bit of an idea floating around in my head. There is a woman who had an original iPhone from 07, still factory sealed. Back then, 16 years ago, she had uh, just landed a new job, a new management job. And to celebrate, her friends bought her this brand new fancy iPhone. Wow. The newest you know, trend in cell phones at uh-huh. the time. But uh, she decided not to open it. She already had a phone she liked. And so she uh, she just kept it. And a while back, she heard that a first-generation iPhone sold for thousands on eBay. So she had it appraised in uh, 2019 for 5000 bucks, And she finally decided to unload this thing. Sold on auction, at an auction, on Sunday. $63,356.40. Holy crap. For an unopened 07 iPhone. Why? With a very slow system in it. Yeah. <laughs> can't, powered on can't take the update yeah that's right now it, it got me thinking with so much new technology coming at us all the time the next time something new comes to market whatever it is some sort of audio device perhaps or some technological thing even some kind of, you know, like um, uh, air fryers and all that are like the new rage, right. right? The minute something like that comes into the market and it's the new big thing and everybody's got to have it, we should all, or I will, anyhow, I, I know I won't. I'll forget all about this by the time it happens. But we should all just go buy one and leave it sealed up, stick it in your basement. <laughs> a, Sitting on a gold mine. You try to drum up some hope for that Betamax you bought? Yeah, yeah my, my laser player. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Laser disc. My Cooperalls. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing would ever work out in my favor. I'm, I'm always the guy who has the 08 on right. open phone, you know. So, like, I, I don't think I have, like, everything in my home that I own, I bought and used. It's not like I, you know, the people who go out and buy um, uh, animated figures or whatever. Mm, you know, right. Action figures. and Collectibles. Leave, yeah. Leave them all back, uh, packaged up like in the 40-year-old virgin. But uh, good on her, sixty-three grand. Now her her friends who bought her the phone back in '07. They, I don't know what they would have paid for. What was an '07 phone worth? Was it like a thousand dollars back then? Uh, well, I mean, there's still a thousand dollars now. Oh, so I, I would was, imagine probably maybe six, five, six hundred bucks, or maybe they were more because they were new. Yeah, you know maybe. how sometimes you know when technology's new, it's more expensive, and then it comes down in price as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Should she not throw her friends a couple of bucks? Yeah, if they bought it for her. As a gift? At least take them out for dinner. Yeah, something. Yeah, that would be fair. Anyhow, think about it. Maybe you got something around the house. Start digging through your old boxes. Interesting. If you got something that you uh, you bought decades ago that uh, never got used, like that Swedish pump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it got used. 
Well, this is interesting. It's a pretty rare occurrence. It hasn't happened in years. The Stones are working with the Beatles, while well, the remaining Beatles, anyhow. Sources say Paul McCartney has recorded bass for the Stones' upcoming album, and Ringo Starr is expected to play on it as well. The Stones have been working on the album for years, which means it'll also include the, some work of original drummer Charlie Watts, who died last year. It'll be their first album of original material since a bigger bang in 05. You can imagine... Uh, Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, all in a studio together, all yelling at the top of their lungs because nobody can hear the other. <laughs> yeah. So the first single is called What? Yeah. Now, I did read something, which I, I read this the other day, and I've heard this as a rumor for years now, in that uh, most of the guitar playing by Ronnie Wood and Keith Richards during a Rolling Stones concert is guitarists backstage. Oh. That, that Keith, yeah, because of arthritis and age, just cannot play and keep up like he once did. And I, so? wouldn't, I wouldn't find that shocking. I would they, find that shocking. that you, If you couldn't play, that you'd still go on tour and fake it. I mean, you can't complain about... Uh, you know, Super Bowl performances that are lip-synced if you're mm. going up there and faking guitar solo. There is a difference, though, I think, between the Super Bowl and the halftime show is that most of the people there have paid for the uh, football game, the ticket to get them in the game, the whole experience, of course. When you go to a Rolling Stones show or any show of any band, you're paying specifically to see them. And look, when you go see any current pop artists, nobody's playing anything anyhow. You know, so uh, do I want to know that's the truth? No, it would it would bug me, and I probably would never buy another um, Rolling Stones ticket if that was the case. What's the point? You might as well buy a Millie Vanilli ticket. Well, sure, you might as well. They'd be lovely live. Right. Oh, wait, one of them's dead. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, you see Springsteen, right, doing his three hours a night now, right now. And uh -huh. he's almost 80 himself. Uh-huh. I don't hear anybody saying he's got a backing guitarist. I just, I wonder sometimes if it's, because you see Keith and how Keith is, and you see his hands and all his knuckles are swollen. And so I think for a long time, people have thought, how is it even possible for him to still play guitar? Right, yeah. You know? But uh, who knows? I do know uh, the, the guy who wrote this article said, look, it's not like it's just older artists who are doing it. A lot of younger artists will do it for enhancement of the show. Gotcha. They'll, they'll maybe have their guitarist up, out front, but then they'll have somebody else doing some licks backstage to make it bigger. Right. But, you know, I don't know. Anyhow, a um, couple of things about Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd will not take photos with your kids. He says, you know, I, I, I don't mind taking photos with people, but it really bugs me. When somebody takes their especially very young child and shoves them in my arms for a photo, he says, first of all, <laughs> this poor kid, they don't even want to be there. They have no clue who I am. Right. They're just getting upset and crying because I'm a stranger. He says, my heart goes out to these kids that they kind of get pushed into taking photos with me. And the question was asked, who punches harder, Paul Rudd or Michael B. Jordan? Well, you would think Michael B. Jordan, of yeah. course. But an actor named Jonathan Majors, who plays a villain in both Creed Three and the Ant-Man movies, he had to brawl, of course, with Michael B. Jordan and Paul Rudd. And so when he was asked that question, he says, well, Mike B. Jordan hits very hard. He hits harder than anybody I know. But he says, Paul Rudd hits you in the soft spots where it hurts more. Mm. Yeah. So you don't want to... Get in a fight with Paul Rudd or All Michael right. B. Jordan. 
and don't shove your kids. Just don't fight over putting your kids in That's his right. face. And then, uh, yeah, don't shove your kid in Paul Rudd's uh, face. And probably Michael B. Jordan as well. I would say for all celebrities, you know, they don't even like taking photos with you. There's a lot of celebrities who won't even do photos. Right. They won't do selfies. They'll have a conversation with you. They'll have a little bit of one-on-one. But the selfie is a waste of time. So keep your kids to yourself. Lucky. Yeah. Honestly. If you had to go toe-to-toe with a zombie, you think you could kick its ass? Uh, no, I'd run. <laughs> if it got a hold of you, if it, it came there with its zombie arms and it grabbed you, right? do you think you could break out of its grip before it bit you and fight them off? Uh, what do I have with me? Uh, well, people who um, say they could kill a zombie, and more than half of us, when asked, say we could kill a zombie... Uh, it is believed the best weapon to have is a shotgun or a handgun. Okay. Then a bat, a machete, a crossbow, sword, axe, knife, grenade also make the list. I don't know how many of us are walking around with grenades in our back pocket. Right, yeah. But I think, listen, I think a shotgun or a handgun wins all battles, it would seem to me. It doesn't uh, have to be just a zombie you're fighting. Normally, if it's, if it's only one zombie. Yeah. If you got a whole, uh, if you're just surrounded by them, I think give me the sword. See, that's why killing the Draculas is so much easier. Because isn't it just the, the, the garlic around the neck or something? Uh, it's a, 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 a silver bullet, right? Is it a silver bullet? I thought there was something with garlic. A silver steak. And yeah, that, they don't the, like the garlic. Yeah, they don't like the garlic. So anyhow, yeah, we, uh, we believe, more than half of us believe, uh, we could kill a zombie. And I guess zombies are a big thing. Again, they've been a big deal for some time with a lot of television and movie shows. HBO's got The Last of Us, which I guess is a zombie show. So it's got people talking zombies again. Walking Dead, of course, was yeah, massive. That was huge, yeah. Uh, we believe that we could kill up to 39 zombies per day if we had to. That's a, that's a busy day. Come on. That's a busy day. You get home. There's no way you're doing that. How's, how's your, how was your day, sweetie? You know, For the effort. 39. Yeah, it's a lot of effort. You got a better chance of joining 39 zombies in the thriller dance than killing them all. <laughs> now, if they all came at you at once, yeah, you're probably screwed. Yeah. But I think a zombie here, a zombie there, a zombie every kind of half hour or so, 20 minutes, I think because they're kind of slow and dopey, aren't they? Yeah, but have you seen the work ethic of people these days? Right. It's too much effort. <laughs> That's way too much effort. This is Just really take me. Cutting into my work-life <laughs> balance. Am I going to do this again tomorrow? <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> Give it up. Yeah. Is there a zombie serb or something? I can just stay at home. <laughs> I like this question. Now, uh, who's the top person you trust in a zombie apocalypse? And on the list, my mom. <laughs> okay. okay, if you're seven, your mom. <laughs> but if you're 27, you shouldn't be jumping behind mom when the zombies uh, approach. Right. Um, who would be the first per- person bitten in your life if zombies attacked? And for sure, it would be me. The, 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 the worst things always happen to me. I'd be the... <laughs> like, you you know. Throw one of the kids out at them? I'm the guy that takes the kids to the park and I twist an ankle and fall. I'm the guy that goes on to uh, bumper cars and gets a concussion. I'm, the, I'm that guy. <laughs> you know, so of course they would get me first. Uh, if a loved one got turned into a zombie, would you take him out? Two-thirds of us said, yeah, they have to go. <laughs> That'll be my out if I ever commit murder. I thought she was a zombie. She seemed like a zombie to uh, me. Don't you see, now that's on air. You can't say that stuff. <laughs> have you not watched enough of those Netflix documentaries? <laughs> All I can tell you, Judge, is she's been a zombie in the bedroom. Oh, I am testifying against you. <laughs> 
Look who joins us, the godfather of the grill for Holinda's Meats. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Ted. How are you? I'm vertical and having a good day. I was watching uh, The Godfather of the Grill, as I do, every time you're posting up new videos on YouTube. I, I, I watch it, and I, and I wonder, you've got this, um, this trailer there. Uh, has your wife, and I don't want to get too personal, Ted, but has your wife kicked you to the curb, and that's where you're living now? <laughs> no, 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 no. All is good there. Okay, All good. good, good. You're not living yeah. in that trailer. Not living in that crazy trailer. No, <laughs> it looks great. That's where the, Douglas. That's 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 the home of Douglas. Um, in the most recent episode, I think it was the most recent episode, you were uh, cooking up a deer heart and making sandwiches. Now, this isn't your common thing you'll find at your local grocery store, and I don't think a lot of kids are going to be brown bagging it to school with a, a deer heart sandwich. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> my son does. He does. All right. Uh, first of all, where if someone wants to cook deer heart, and we're going to find out from you how to do this, but where would one even get deer heart? Well, I'm uh, I'm fortunate enough that I have a neighbor that uh, every time, every year, he goes hunting, and uh, whatever they catch, I get the hearts. Okay. And so he comes by, knocks on the door, and says, here's a heart. And I'm like, thanks for the heart. And uh, so I get you get your deer heart. But you can, you know... <clears throat> There are places getting deer heart is not as easy, um, uh, but you can get veal heart and lamb heart and beef heart at your local butcher shops. Best to always check with them a few days in advance and say, hey, I'm looking for. Uh, lamb hearts are small and really, really nice to cook. They're really tender, hmm. very tasty, very tasty. So the key with, with heart, and, and in my video, I did it a couple ways. One, um, you can cook a heart whole. And so you clean it, you make sure that there's, uh, you know, you've, you've rinsed all um, the veins out, cleaned it, trimmed off as much as you can. Uh, with one of the recipes, we cut it in half and then we, we trimmed it all up and then cut it into like one inch pieces and skewered it and seasoned it and then grilled it quickly. And then the other, we did a whole heart, and I cooked it to medium rare, about 135 degrees internal temperature. And then you slice it, slice it ever so thin, and it's got that beautiful pink color on the inside, and it just melts in your mouth like butter. First off, I'm not sure you're allowed to call heart tender once you've skewered it, but... Uh, <laughs> Oh, it's tender, all right, yeah. once it's been skewered. Um, now, you said, like, the cleaning process, because, as we know, the heart it basically just pumps blood, like, all the time. It, is it something that you're going to have to expect is going to be quite veiny with the ventricles going through there? It is a little bit, but it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Um, rinsing it out, uh, especially if it, if it comes from, like, my neighbor brings it to me, it's... Uh, it's not in the best of shape in terms of uh, cleanliness, in terms of the blood that's on it. So I do a full full clean on it. And then uh, if I'm going to use it right away, then I, I go to cooking it. If not, I'll vacuum pack it and I'll pop it in my freezer until I need it. Um, I noticed... So, but cleaning it out before you freeze it is a lot easier than cleaning it out after you freeze it. I would guess so. I noticed in the video, too, it looks like there was like a, a, a big valve... Um, I obviously deers are massive animals, so they're going to have bigger hearts. I would assume bigger hearts than us. I don't know. I don't possess one myself. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's actually the, it, it's uh, the heart that I was using. They probably weigh twelve to eighteen ounces at the most in there. Okay. Uh, a moose heart, uh, and I have one of those in my freezer. They weigh about five pounds. 
So they'd wow. be like the size of your head, Craig. Yeah, about that. Your freezer must look like the scene out of some serial killer <laughs> I was documentary. Say, it's a Dahmer <laughs> situation going on. Yeah. Well, right, right now, my, my daughter went down to the freezer the other day, and she flipped open the door, and there's this uh, mangalista pig leg sticking up in there, right? She says, what is that? Yeah. And I'm like, it's a pig leg. Why is it in the freezer? Right. I, oh. no, it's better there than in your bed. All of, right. <laughs> this could be a godfather situation. They'll find a horse head in the bed. Um, you know, well, I, I think in, in my freezer right now, there's a... Uh, Rabbit hearts, pheasant hearts, uh, partridge hearts, huh. uh, lamb hearts, veal heart, and uh, a moose heart. And there might still be one bear heart in there. That's so funny. All her friends, you go in their freezers and it's like frozen pizzas and pierogies. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Next week, can we do chicken nuggets? Yeah, that's right. Can we be normal like other families? Uh, and I guess all organs are the, uh, the vital organs. We know we can eat liver. We know we can eat kidneys. Um, I remember once having cow brain. Um, there's, uh, I guess there's no organs that can't be cooked and, and eaten, yes? Nose to tail, from wow. the front to the back, you can eat it all. Wow. And uh, just learning, you know, even like cow foot hmm. is pretty amazing. I, I, I pick up at my local Asian grocery market, I'll pick up frozen cow foot that's been cubed into about two-inch chunks. And when I'm making my beef stock, I throw in a package of that, about a pound of cow foot, like one whole foot. And it um, adds this really great gelatin to and dimension of flavor to your stock. I guess it takes it to a whole new level. I guess a lot of of that stuff is used for stock. It's not like you're having a a cow foot sandwich. It's it's used to... Oh, it's pretty good, actually. Is it really? When you you get down to it, the the cow foot, and you you take what meat is left on that foot. Yeah. And uh, and the, the gelatin that's on it, it's just, oh, man, it's like butter. Just melts in your mouth. Now, speaking of butter, Ted, I believe with your sandwich, was it with this sandwich or am I getting it confused? You were mixing together, I want to say, rum and butter and then marinating the meat. Was that the, was that the cow, uh, the, uh, the deer heart or was that something else? Maybe that was something that else. That was something else, yeah. I think. I can't remember which yeah. one it was, but rum and butter, well, that's just love making sauce right there. <laughs> Somebody getting pregnant when you're mixing that together. <laughs> well, here's what you do. You drink the bottle of rum so you can get down the heart afterwards. Yeah. Next time, next it's, time. It's, it's you know, I know, Craigie. The first time you saw me cook deer heart yeah. was probably about fifteen years ago. Yeah, and um, it was as fresh as fresh could be. It came right out of the animal and was brought into a kitchen and then given to me. Yeah, and it, it's really don't be freaked out by it. Give it a try. You should always try something, and it it sounds worse than it actually is. You know, it was funny because you uh, you brought in that deer heart from the parking lot. Because we were out, I think we were out in like Keswick or something, and it was that time of year, hunting season. The heart was very, very uh, quickly brought in and very quickly cooked and then consumed by our intern, who then very quickly threw it up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was freaking him out. But, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, always, it's always a lot of fun. And, you know, you shouldn't be afraid of foods. If you're going to travel the world, you're going to see lots of weird stuff. And you should embrace it and try it and at least give it one little bite. And if you don't like it, not a problem. If you do like it, well, then you're going to have yourself a feast. Or you can do like me anytime I go anywhere in the world. I find the (laughs) the first and closest KFC. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Teddy, if people want to talk to you about the vital organs, the deer heart, any grilling, or how they can, uh, you know, find you on the Internet uh, through YouTube and Instagram, how do they do that? 
on YouTube and TikTok, look for Ted Reader, Godfather of the Grill, and you'll find me at Ted Grills in the Instagram world. Check us out, tedreader.com. i got lots of recipes on there. And uh, get ready for the joint opening up in the spring. Beautiful. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.